0: Hello and good morning, Elton. Uh, it is a great, great privilege to be with you, kind of, uh, sharing the word with you this morning. For those of, the, of you that maybe don't know me, my name is Adam and, and I was kind of part and parcel of the community of Elton back in the day, but it's actually been nearly 13 years since the first time I left to come to South Africa uh, to minister and outwork the calling that I felt God had put on my life, uh, and I'm still here today. For the last four years, I've been in Johannesburg ministering into a community, a township community called Tenbisa. Uh, And it's just still a great privilege to be used by God to do what I feel uh, he's called me to do. But it's also a great privilege to be with you this morning to share the word of, of God with you. But just before I get into that, I just need to give you a little bit of a family update. It's Sunday now, and that means that this Friday, just in five days' time, My wife, Wulewa, will be giving birth to our first child. And we're excited and kind of scared at the same time about this new season of life. And so we just I just want to invite you. Please do pray for us. Please, please, please do uh, join us in prayer for the safe delivery of the boy, um, but also uh, of just us as well, that we would uh, that we would lean into God throughout this season. I'm just going to pray and then we're going to jump into the word. Lord Jesus, We just pray right now, Holy Spirit, you come and just meet us where we are, in our living rooms, uh, in our bedrooms, wherever we are. We we open ourselves up to you, God, and we say, won't you come and speak to us? Won't you come and minister to us? Won't your truth uh, bring revelation and guidance and strength? uh, And won't your word accomplish what uh, you desire it to accomplish? Use me, Lord Father, as just a, a tool, an instrument in your hand. In your name. Amen. Yeah, guys. Um, so let me jump in. Last week, we heard a, a really solid reminder by John. His sermon was titled Compromise. And he was saying about how, you know, there's so much that is, is calling us to compromise our relationship with Christ. and And he urged us to be up focused. He said that, you know, we've got to make sure that we're, we're keeping our eyes fixed on God. But he also talks about how we have a sinful nature that's calling us and, and encouraging us to draw us away from being up focused. And, and as we know, uh, if we allow that to happen and we take our eyes off Jesus, it usually means instead of looking to God, we're now looking to ourselves or looking to others instead. If you've been a Christian for any time, you will know from experience that if we allow that to happen, everything in our, in our lives starts to unfold and unwrap. Um, and we start to see kind of thorns in our lives rather than the fruit of being obedient and, and up-focused. Um, and if, you, if ever you've spent time reading through the Old Testament, you will see that that is kind of the story and the narrative of the Old Testament. Whenever God's people were up-focused, their in and out uh, aspects of their lives seem to always go well. There was always a great benefit for them to be keeping God first. But whenever their up-focus changed and they replaced God with another God or something else everything would go wrong. Uh, And the reason I'm wanting to to recap some of what John shared about last week is that today, I guess I'm wanting to add into or onto what he spoke about. When I was just seeking God and saying, hey, what do you want me to speak uh, to Elton about? The the topic around sanctification came to my mind. Uh, And sanctification basically means growth in the likeness to Christ. Uh, and so when I listened to John's sermon on Monday, I thought to myself, oh, brilliant. God is clearly wanting to stir and encourage his people around these topics. And so I've titled this sermon, No Compromise. Firstly, to, to keep a little bit of a theme going with what John uh, spoke about with his sermon, Compromise. But also because it's this is true, that if we want to grow in likeness to Christ, there can be no compromise last week one of the statements that john made was this he said our relationship with god is the cornerstone to everything else and there are many scriptures in the old and new testament that give reference to christ being the cornerstone Uh, I read this and I just want to read it to you now it said the cornerstone of a large building gives it a reliable and firm foundation leading to the cohesion and stability of the whole building in scripture such foundation stones are taken as symbolic of the basic uh, the basis of faith in Jesus Christ and the church Jesus Christ is thus represented as both the foundation upon which the church is built and the capstone which crowns the whole. And I love this. So when John said that our relationship with God is the cornerstone to everything, he was saying that when we build our faith around being up-focused in Christ, we build it on what is reliable and firm, leading to a cohesion or you can say a a unity and a stability with Christ. Amen. And this statement and action is key to our sanctification. If, If you and I want to grow in likeness to Christ Jesus, then the only way to do that is in a relationship with God. Now, as well as that, uh, being the desire of hopefully all of us this morning. John also reminded us that there are, are forces and temptations that are drawing or wanting to draw us away from that key relationship with God. The temptation of our flesh and the lies of the enemy are all trying to distract us from being in relationship with God. They're all they're all about trying to push God aside and making other things the cornerstone. Our flesh is constantly wanting to make itself the cornerstone of our life and the enemy is constantly encouraging us to place other things, ourself or anything else, at the centre as long as it's not God. He will place lie after lie in front of you to distract you and confuse you to think that other things should be more important, that other things should take focus, that other things should be the priority in your life. And he wants to encourage you to build your life around those things. And that's why I've headed this sermon, No Compromise, because friends, if we are Christ followers today, then it means we can't compromise on building on anything or anyone else but God. Amen. If if we are building on God as we build, we should be building in a way where we become more like him. The building of our lives should look more and more over time just how Jesus looked. And if that is our desire and it should be, then we can't compromise. We can't allow ourselves to be distracted by the temptations of our flesh or the enemy. I want to put a question to you now. Who or what is the cornerstone in your life right now? I'm not asking who or what do you want to be the cornerstone. I'm not asking what's the correct answer right now. I'm saying let's be honest with ourselves. Where is our time constantly being spent right now? What what are we spending and investing our finances into right now? What's the most important thing or person in our life currently? Friends, is God the cornerstone or have you allowed something or someone to take his position? The truth is this, friends, whatever or whoever has the position of cornerstone in your life is what you will start to reflect and look like. If a building is built on a cornerstone that's not perfect, that is not set up correctly, as the building grows, you will start to see that something isn't right and that things just aren't adding up and the building will have cracks and weaknesses. That is why we put Christ at the centre as our cornerstone in life because he is perfect, he's spotless and we can have a confidence in our growth when we build it off him. Amen. John shared a story last week about a chief who had a a big dog and a small dog at war in him and when asked who wins the chief said whatever one I feed. In a sense whatever one I prioritise. Whatever one I give the attention to and make the centre of my life. Friends, who or what is your priority? Who or what are you feeding most in your life? Who or what are you investing in? Who or what means the most to you today? I know in my short marriage, I've been married for nearly four years. I've seen at times how I've made my wife my cornerstone. In wanting and desiring to be the best husband I can, I've made the mistake of pushing God aside and giving her my everything. And the trouble with putting people at the centre means we put them in the place of God. But of course they are not God and of course they will fail to be God Uh, and then we will end up resenting them or worse because now we have placed them in the position of God and of course, they will fail to be God. Tim Keller talks about this and he says we end, we end up demonizing them for failing us, which is so unfair because it's not there for its ours. It's our responsibility to keep God at the center of our life, that he is the cornerstone on what we're building our faith around. Amen. I love the the scripture that says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Don't add those things first. Don't build off those things. Make sure that you're seeking God first. You're keeping him at the center of your life. When we keep God at the center, we will grow in his likeness. We will become more like him. And friends, we want to be more like Christ, don't we? I mean think about who Christ is. Christ is faithful. Jesus was prayerful. He's patient. He is love and so of course he is loving. I mean he was an example of humility. He was so humble even to the point of dying on a cross for us and, and even in that process of dying on a cross we saw how obedient he was and, and that's what we want to be like. I mean Jesus was giving. He was giving of his time, of his person. He gave everything he had. He was pure. He was the spotless lamb. He was so wise. He was so wise that people would get so confused. How is this guy uh, so wise? Uh, and of course, he was forgiven. And, and of course, so, so much more. And and we want to be like Jesus. And when Christ is the centre, then this is what we we'll start to see, this is what we should start to see in our lives and, and and we'll see it grow in us over time when we make him the cornerstone of our lives. When Christ isn't the centre and we replace him, this is where more and more we will start to see thorns in our lives and we'll we'll see more and more things, thorns like anger and deceit, stubbornness, foolishness, Arrogance, pride, uh, and 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 we won't see a growth in these areas if he isn't the cornerstone. Friends, I don't know about you, but I'm sure like me, when you think about who you want to be like, uh, I'm sure that you want to be just like Christ. You want to be more faithful. You want people to describe you as as forgiving, as humble, as courageous, as wise, as caring. You want people to say, that guy is so slow to anger. That girl, she's so rich in love. That is what we want, isn't it? John mentioned last week that the year of 2020, with all the troubles and hurdles that, that, that it's given us, has been a real test of our faith. He said this, Due to struggles, we will find out how strong our relationship with God is. And he mentioned that crisis will either draw us closer to God or it potentially draw us away from God. And and friends, I hope that you've taken time this year to honestly reflect on on how you've responded to the crisis of this year. And, And as you take that time and you reflect on your faith and your relationship with Christ, I wonder what you've identified about your faith. It might be that you've felt just blown away by every wave of crisis that has happened this year, where fear seems to have had rule of you, where doubt and worry has just been so overwhelming, where hope seems to have been lost. This might be a sign that maybe God isn't quite at the centre of your life. As you thought, maybe, just maybe, you've replaced him with something or someone else at the cornerstone of your faith. Maybe throughout this year, despite the hardships and pain that you've suffered, you've actually been surprised with yourself how effortlessly you've dealt with the pain and you've seen the fruit of a close relationship where God is the center to your life. Let me ask you this if you were to paint a picture, Of your faith through this year, what would your painting look like? Would it be a painting of Christ at the center of a strong house that's getting beaten by life, but the house is standing strong with you inside? Or would it look like a building or even the rubble of a building that's fallen due to the hard life knots of the year where Christ isn't in the painting? Or would it look something in between? Friends, Let me echo John's closing words from last week. God is calling us to go deeper and and we go deeper when we don't compromise and we keep God at the centre. And when we do that, we will grow in his likeness. Sanctification, growing in likeness to Christ happens through not compromising and keeping God focused, keeping up focused i just want to give us a few points around sanctification this morning point one is this sanctification is a continued work that happens through our earthly life after conversion 1 john 3 9 to 10 says this no one born of god makes a practice of sinning for god's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So if you want to become more like Jesus, if you want to grow in becoming more like Christ, then it can only start after conversion. Friend, if you're looking into Christianity, you're still working out if you believe this or if if you like the idea of being a Christian, you've got the faith to be a Christian, but you're not sure that you can act or live like one. Not to worry. Becoming like Christ, practicing righteous ways, loving people only begins when one is born of God. Like the author John tells us here, it's only after conversion when people cross over the line of faith can you stand a chance of being like Christ. You can only become like Christ and do the things that he did and be like him when you are in Christ and Christ is in you. The, the apostle John says that once you're walking in faith, God's seed abides in you, meaning the promise of the Holy Spirit. God will abide. He will live in you. And this is great news, friends, because like Pastor John said last week, we will always have an evil desire from our flesh that seeks to do the opposite of what is from God. But in Christ and only in Christ, we have the seed of God, the person of the Holy Spirit that has the trump power and authority over our flesh. And and this is really good news. And this is news that we need to be encouraging people that don't know Jesus. So, friend, if you have resisted stepping into faith due to you not being sure that you can do it, then understand that you can't do it. You can't become like Christ until you are born of God and his seed abides in you. It's when you step into faith and you live out your faith that you start to see change happening in your life, where you start to grow in likeness to Christ. Theologian Wayne Grudem says this first stage involves a definite break from the ruling power and love of sin so that the believer is no longer ruled or dominated by sin and no longer loves to sin. Friends, when we're born of God, when we're born again, the old us is broken away from. That old us doesn't have the same power over us anymore. We're new creations. The old has gone. Now we are in Christ and he is in us. Amen. The second point that I want to pull out around sanctification today is this. Sanctification is something that we work in partnership with God in. Remember that we said that sanctification is a a continued work. It starts at conversion when we begin our faith journey in Christ, but then it continues throughout the rest of our life. So that's why as churches, we love to have people come in that are not perfect and that don't have it all together because that's who we are as well. We're not instantly made perfect at conversion. When you're baptizing Christ, you don't come out of the water never to make Mistake again, and this is frustrating. I remember when I got baptized, and after a couple of days, I started to mess up, and I was like, Ah, take me back to the water. I want to start again. Uh, But at your conversion, you're not suddenly going to be this perfect woman. At conversion, you're not going to become this sudden perfect man. It's not like magic. All of a sudden, and you're all of a sudden the best, most perfect spouse, or all of a sudden you, you, you rule over holiness and, and you're completely holy. But as we journey, we should start to see change. I can't stand it when I hear followers say nonsense like, this is just the way I am. That statement shows me that they have little to no faith in Christ and the sanctifying work that he wants to do in their life friends if sanctification was in your hands only then you can then make that type that type of statement but praise God we are not in this alone and we're out working this process of becoming like Christ in partnership with God John said last week when you see something is wrong in your life do you seek to change your actions Or do you seek to change your heart? I thought that was brilliant. Let me put that a slight different way today. When you see that your life doesn't reflect and look like Christ, do you seek to change it on your own or do you allow God to help change you? I know that I'm often guilty of seeing sin in my life and I'm guilty of trying to fix it on my own. I say to myself, I'm never going to do that again. Or I do something really weird where I just get really frustrated with all my flaws and my sinful ways and I beat myself up about them, but I don't actually action anything. And I think the reason why I don't action anything at times is because I doubt that I can make a change. Friends, we have to allow God who loves us and who is in us into the process of change. We're not doing this alone. And why run alone when we had the author and the perfecter of our faith standing there with his hands saying, let's do this together. Let me lead you in this process. And one of the key verses around this thing of sanctification is in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23. It reads this, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen. This verse needs to be written down and posted somewhere where we can see it often because I think we can often forget this amazing truth. We can forget that we're doing this life with Christ. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm journeying alone uh, and that it's up to me to grow my relationship. It's 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 up to me alone uh, to, to grow in likeness to Christ. The Apostle Paul, who writes these words, is, is reminding the church in Thessalonica and, and he's telling us this morning, hey, allow God to grow you. Allow God to get in and work in you. Allow God to get down to the root in the areas of your life that don't look like Christ. And Paul's making a massive statement in these words because he doesn't say, may you see some change in your life. No, he says, may God sanctify you completely. And the Greek word for completely is also translated perfectly and he goes on to say, let all of you be sanctified, all of your spirit, all of your soul, all of your body. Paul's kind of covering all the bases. He is doing a really good job of making sure that the believers understand there is no part of their life that God isn't wanting to see a change in. There's no part in in your life that is too messed up for God to transform into his likeness. Amen. Paul is doing this, I believe, because he knows that some listening and some listening now will doubt that God can change an aspect of their lives or your life. Some of us have completely lost hope in a potential change in an area of our life. Maybe for a time you try to change and rid yourself of something that wasn't Christ-like, But now, actually, if you're honest with yourself, it's just become part and parcel of who you are. You've given up praying about it. You've given up trying to see a change. Well, friend, there can be no compromise in your sanctification. I pray these words bring a fresh hope again as you remember that you're not alone in growing in likeness to Christ, but you are working in partnership with God, the God of peace. See those words, feel those words, that it's actually God himself that will sanctify you. He wants the main role of bringing your likeness to him about. He wants the main role of seeing you transform into his likeness. He who called you is faithful. He will surely bring about the change into his likeness. I think some of us have given up trying to look like Christ in aspects of our lives because we have wrongfully been driving the process alone we've been trying to take the lead. But if it was up to us to bring about the primary way of sanctification, then we would be able to boast in ourselves and not God. If we had the primary driving seat, then it wouldn't show the true character of God who wants more than us, that we grow in his likeness. Now at the same time of saying that, it's vital that we give God the driving seat in our growing of likeness to him but there is a part that we have to play we can't just make the mistake uh, we can't make sorry the mistake in understanding who brings about the change and who takes priority in sanctifying us but it's important that we understand we are doing this in partnership with God meaning we do have a role to play we can't just be hands off and say it's, it's it's up to Christ. He he has to do it. He will do it. He is at work. But there's a partnership. There's a role that we have to play. If if we uh, just are hands off, then we're gonna find ourselves in places more often than not of compromise. If if we don't take responsibility in any way. We will allow ourselves to be blown in the wind by every desire and thought, and we won't see a continued change in his likeness. Have a look at Philippians 2, 12 to 13. It says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You see friends, because God is working in us, because God is working in you, because God has the driving seat, because the God of peace is, is working on perfectly completing us, it then allows us the ability to the ability to also work on our sanctification because God is working in you now now you can work out your salvation the Greek uh, translations on the words work out and in some translations it says continue to work out means accomplish finish or or fashion and of course the word your is translated himself or herself meaning it's yours And I love this. The Apostle Paul is saying, take ownership. Yes, God is driving, but don't forget that you have a play, a role to play in fashioning your life to look like him. You have a role to play in accomplishing what God has started in you. Romans 8, 13. For if you live according to the flesh you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Paul is saying, You have a role to play in your growing in Christ's likeness. I hope you're understanding that by now. You have to make sure by the Spirit's help, by God at work in you, that you are put into death the sin in your life. It's up to you to nail your sin to the cross. It's up to you to repent. You have to confess to your friends. You have to bring your weaknesses to God. And when you do this, there's this beautiful promise awaiting you. The promise and reward of you taking ownership of your sanctification is that you will live. That's the promise in Romans 8.13. And I think Paul is talking, yes, about eternal life, but he's also very much talking about us experiencing that life now here on earth. When we are moving, there is life. Just like a stream that moves it stays alive and from it life happens around it but when a stream doesn't move it becomes stagnant and lifeless. Friends remember the devil comes with his nonsense to bring death into our lives and we see that. God has come to bring life and life abundantly. John 10 verse 10 and I believe when we take up our role, when we say no more compromising, we will see epic fruits of life in our relationship with God in and in our growing in likeness to him. It's here that we then see life happen elsewhere as well it's here where we start to see life coming into our marriages again it's here where we start seeing life in our parenting again where we see life in our friendships and relationships and life in the calling and the ministry that God has called us all to and lastly and kind of in closing my third and last point is this people that don't know Jesus will see him in us as we grow and live in his likeness. If you are a follower this morning, it means that Christ was revealed to you. For me as a young lad growing growing up in and around Eltham, I would watch my brother. Uh, I would watch John and his brother Phil. I would watch my youth leaders and the other leaders in the church and it was in their lives and through the truth of the gospel that they shared with me that Christ was revealed to me. I saw in them Christ, and through their likeness of Christ, I was able to see him and understand his reality. When we make Christ the cornerstone, when we build our lives around him, when we understand that he is wanting to work in us to see us become more like him, when we take responsibility for our sanctification and relationship with Christ, we will see changes. And so will those who don't know Jesus. I remember prayer walking in a community in Cape Town. It was known as the the the, the the murder capital of South Africa. And as we were praying around this community, we came back to the church and my friend Quinelli was praying over two young men. And, and I'll be honest, they looked rough. Uh, the flesh in me looked at them and doubted that anything could change. But in particular, one of the young men quickly outworked what I'm talking about today, he made God the cornerstone. He passionately went after Jesus and very quickly change was happening in his life where he was starting to look more and more like Jesus. Previously he was a drug addict and he was still from his own family. In fact after his conversion something went missing in his home and his mother called the police and had him arrested as she didn't trust him. Uh, she was sure that he'd gone back to his old ways and that he'd stolen it but then later she found what was missing. Uh, she was struggling to have faith that he could change. She didn't know or understand that now it wasn't him on his own but God was working in him. He wasn't doing this in his own strength anymore, God was working, working in him. He was in partnership with God For change. This young man sadly passed away a couple of years later, and at his funeral, there were literally hundreds of people, including his mother, giving testimony that God must be real because there was no way in his own power that he could change into the likeness of Christ. Friends, your sanctification journey is going to bring your family to Christ. It's going to bring neighbours to Christ. It's going to bring people that hear your story and see your life. It's going to to show them Jesus and, and it's going to help them come to know God. Matthew 5 verse 16 says this in the same way. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is heaven. Let people see uh, your light shine as you grow in sanctification, as you become more and more like Jesus. as, As you don't compromise anymore and you keep God focused, let them see the change and they will glorify God because they'll say that it's there, there's no way that they could have done it on their own. God must be real. Friends, there's no room for compromise in our relationship with Christ. There is way too much at stake. Amen. Let me just pray uh, for you this morning. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue right now to just come and bring about that which you desire. Lord Jesus, we thank you that when we stepped over that line of faith, we were new creations. The old has gone. The, 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 the old power that had our lives doesn't have that same authority anymore because you are in us. We can become more and more like you. And, and Lord, we thank you that that's your desire. We thank you that your desire is that, that we may transform into your likeness. And Lord, help us to journey there help us uh, to rid anything that is that is causing us uh, to to push you out Anything that we've replaced you as the cornerstone, Lord, we repent. Lord, and I encourage you right now, if you know right now that you have replaced Christ as the cornerstone, you know that you've given priority and attention to other things, I encourage you right now to repent, to say, hey, Lord, I'm sorry uh, for this. And I and I want to turn things around. I want to put you back at the centre. I want to make you my everything again. And, I, and I'm and i trusting you that as I put you at the centre, that you are going to work out those other things for me. Uh, Lord Jesus I pray Lord Father Lord that we would recognize your Holy Spirit in us that is transforming us and changing us into your image. I pray Lord Father that we would humble ourselves and give you The driving seat of our lives that, that we would allow you to transform. And Lord, I pray for obedient hearts right now that as you speak and you, and you, and you encourage and you, you direct us, Lord, into how we need to change and how we need to look more like you, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be quick to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, if that's what you want. Yes, Lord, help us uh, to remove the pride out of our lives that says, uh, no, this life is mine. Help us to humble ourselves just like you did, Father. Jesus, you humbled yourself. You said it's not about me. It's about the will of my father. And I pray, Lord, that we would take um, we would look to you and outwork that same uh, in our lives that we would say it's not about me, Lord, it's about you. It's about you. Help us, Lord, to journey uh, uh, with you uh, into a sanctification where we look more and more like you. We just thank you for your word, Father. Keep speaking to us. Keep revealing truth to us in your name. Amen. Guys, it's been great to be with you this morning. Have a great Sunday and, and do keep us in prayer this next week. Amen.